Hello, and welcome to Carol and the Call's Big Adventure. Today, we're going to talk about some mission trips that we've been on and just kind of like our experiences that we've had. Um, so my first ever time on an airplane was right after I graduated high school. Um, I know that's crazy. Like a lot of people <laughs> don't wait their whole 18 years before they fly, but I did. And my first flight. See, I come from, just before you keep going, I come from a totally different thing. Because when I thought you were about to say that, it's like, wow, I know I was young. But but there's such a, I, I have such a drastically different experience yeah. with that than you do. So that's just funny. But yeah. Yeah, and he'll share about that in, uh, in a second. Um, but my first airplane was a small airplane. Um, but my destination was pretty big. And it was to Serbia. Um, which is a country um, near Germany, kind of, in that region. I'm really bad about maps, but I know it's kind of near there. Um, so it was a pretty big um, flight, and I think my longest flight, I want to say it was about eight hours, and that's a long time to be on a plane. It's a very long time, yeah. Like, I, I remember seeing... The sunrise and set on that same plane or set and then rise. So it was kind of crazy, but really cool. I loved flying. Um, <laughs> it was it was fun for me. I enjoyed it. I couldn't really sleep because I was so excited also to get to my destination. Um, but yeah, I went on a, mer- a mission trip to Serbia um, in 2014 and in 2015. Um, it was with my church. It was kind of they they get they gave the seniors like a senior trip, so our senior trip was to Serbia, and it was on a mission trip, and it was wonderful. Wait a minute, so the Serbia one was your first one, the one to um, uh, the one to the camp wasn't Camp Barnabas. Um, I think that happened in college. Okay, for some reason I thought it happened while you were in high school because you I know you rode beside Justin. Yeah, no, that was not my first flight. Okay. For <clears throat> some reason, I thought that was your first flight. Nope. Um, like, I know you've said it before, but, uh, like, you would said that, like, you, you had a really long plane ride your first oh. time, but for some reason, I still thought that, that was your first. Well, yeah, that, so, I went on a mission trip to a place called Camp Barnabas, and that's a, a camp for people with special needs, like children, all the way to adults, um, and that was the first time I flew without like an adult or um, anyone. I just flew with that another was what person. You said. That was the first one you flown. Yeah, like, so kinda. that was different too. But now I've even flown by myself. Yeah. So you that's have. pretty crazy. That was last summer in July. I flew from here, Wisconsin, to South Carolina to surprise my family. So mm. I'm a I'm a world traveler now. <laughs> yeah, and I'm completely the opposite. When was your first plane ride? Um, well, a little over a year ago in March. That was my first one. Um, when we came here to uh, interview and to check everything out and get just a good look at all that, we uh, I was terrified. I remember, like, <laughs> saying, like, like there was a time in my life, like, not not much farther than a year ago, like, or a couple months before that happened, I was like, I will never, ever get on one of those tubes flying through the air. Yep. I used to always say, like, that's witchcraft. Like, does it make sense? You know, it just doesn't make sense. I can't fathom it. And uh, I just, I was dead. Sad. I was like, I'll never, ever, ever uh, get on a plane. 
Uh, and then <laughs> not and long after, there the we Lord go. called us. Um, so, yeah, that was my one. Uh, I like to say, like, I've flown four times because it was like, you know. It was broken up, broken up <laughs> with but layovers. It's only, it's only technically one time, really. Yeah. Um, Did you ever have an opportunity to go on an airplane, like on a mission trip abroad or um, in a different state? Yes. There was a couple of different opportunities that I could have went. And honestly, that was what held me back was plane rides. Like, not like nothing else held me back but literally getting on an airplane. Yeah. Um, like one. It can be scary. Yeah. I mean, like I still struggled my first time. You know, like yeah. I remember, like when we got on there the very first time, I was like, "Just don't talk to me." I was like, "I'm, I'm yep. listening to my music." <laughs> I was like, "Please just." And I just held, you know, my eyes closed. I was probably breathing erratically. Me on the other like, hand, I'm like. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. And it was like, it was fun, but it was still, it's just, you know, like, there's some people, I don't know what it is. It's not that, like, I don't trust or have faith or anything like that. It's just such a, like, man, at any time. I think it's just I've watched too many movies, you know, too many action movies. Everybody's, you know, or some people seem like Final Destination, yeah. crazy stuff yeah. like that. And I just always, you know, I was, I was struggling with that. And um, I do remember I made a playlist uh, just a bunch of worship music, and I was like, you know, oh, fear fear doesn't control me or something like that. And that and really helped you, didn't it? It did. Because once we got, like, going, I was like, all right, you know, this is fine. I'm comfortable. And wh- was it as bad as you thought it would be? No. No, not at all. It's just, you know, like, it was so much easier that it was short because I was like, okay, I want this to hurry up and be over with. But being on it for eight hours, I feel like I would feel sick or something. Um, maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I'd be totally fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, the plane I was on, I think it was it was a double decker, um, so I mean, it didn't feel like you couldn't really feel like you were flying, honestly. Yeah, and like it was so huge. We were on two big ones, three. Well, I mean, three not big like double deckers, right. but like the <clears throat> normal size ones for flights like that, which are you know like three on each side. Like, we were on three on each side twice. One was three on one side, two on the other, and then one was just two. Yeah. So, so and it, that's kind of funny because the biggest plane that I was on was, like, three, four, four, three. Yeah. So, like, honestly, I maybe I would probably – I might would be more, more nervous to be on one of those. Yeah. To be honest. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, there was opportunities, and that was just what held me back. But, um, you know, flying – that time, you know, I there were some things I noticed. I could not sleep. I think if I could sleep, I would probably feel way better, but I just couldn't. Yeah. Um, I think it was just nervousness. Maybe now I'd feel different because I love being like, you know, being able to like listen to music and just not yeah. have to do anything. Um, but I watched like movies and stuff and listen to music and it helped. There was a couple of the connecting flights where I was like, wow, that was so fast. That didn't make any sense how fast that was. But, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, that, that, I mean, there was opportunities, but yeah. but I've went on mission trips, you know, within the United States, some local ones, and then some very distant ones and things like that, so. If you had the opportunity now that you've flown one time, would you go on a mission trip, like, if, if it was set before you? Yeah, for sure. Well, and one thing I was, uh, too, is, like, you know, I don't think every single person's always called to every single mission trip. Absolutely. We're I think all, that's very true. We're all very much called to missions, but that doesn't always mean that every single person is always called to go, you know, wherever. So, like, um, there was one 
two opportunities for Panama and then uh, Guatemala, somewhere like that. Um, <clears throat> that I that I was gonna have an opportunity to go on, but there was other people that were way more passionate about it because they had yeah. won previous ones. They had much more of like a solid like standing and things. And so I was like, you know, some people have the idea of like, oh, I'll let someone new go. But there was just people that were just yeah. so passionate that I was like, you know what, like it really honestly would be better if they go in instead of me going. And um, and I've just never felt this like really strong pull towards um an international mission trip. Like if there is one, that would be awesome. But I just never felt that there was a, there was a bunch that I went on that I felt very drawn to. It was like, you know, there was nothing easy about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah. I always told you like when we first started dating, um, because then Serbia was really fresh when we started dating. Um, I told you that I would have loved for you to come on a mission trip to Serbia. And the reason for that, um, in Serbia, um, my friends from my home church actually are missionaries there. Um, and they, the work that they do is just phenomenal. And I just, there's our sweet little puppy making an ex- appearance. No, no, no. Well, there you go. There's your Ruth cam for the evening. Yep. Um, but the work they do is just phenomenal and just the way that they reach people, um, just in the different outlets they have is really cool just to be a part of, even if it was just, I think my trips were seven and 10 days. So yeah, it was really exciting. So if I ever had the opportunity to go back to Serbia, I definitely would love to, if God, um, laid that in front of me and it mm-hmm. will, if it was the right time, I think it'd be really cool to do something like that with you. Yeah. Um, in college I did, I'm going to see if she'll sit down. Down, Ruthie. Mm-hmm. You're pulling my wires. Okay. Um, in college, I had the opportunity to go on a mission trip to Haiti, and it was kind of like a medical mission trip. Um, and I say kind of because it wasn't like a full blown like I'd have to be doing all the medical work. Um, I was a health science student, and that's part of the reason I wanted to go on that mission trip. So I had signed up and I had paid my deposit, um, but then. I think about four or so months before the trip, um, I had got a phone call from the two two leaders of that trip um, letting me know that it was canceled due to not enough interest um, because in order to make it, I guess, kind of profitable to go, they had to have a well, big not enough. Not profitable, uh, well, probable. Well, probable, yeah. Yeah, it has to, like, make sense. Yeah, thank you. Words are hard. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, there wasn't a big enough team, and so they did cancel it. And that honestly crushed me because I was so excited to go on another international mission trip. Um, and I was going to get to level in kids on this yeah. trip, so I was yeah. really excited about it. That was really hard for me to hear that no. Yeah. Um, but wasn't I did. Wasn't there, like, some, some, like, security issues, too? Because there was some stuff that was going yes, on there was. at that point in time that mm-hmm. was, like, really not safe to be in. I just don't remember what it was. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I know there was some stuff like that. Um, but it was hard at the time when I heard the, no, you can't go on this trip. But I knew that I had to trust God, even if I was a little bit frustrated with my circumstance. Um that it was it was for his good and mm-hmm. that there was a purpose behind his his answering that um prayer with a no mm-hmm. um and later um 
I remember like during the time, the week or whatever that I was supposed to be on the trip thinking about, wow, I'd be in Haiti right now. And I remember that I had like a really good time with my family that week. And mm-hmm. I think my nephew Cord was just a, a month old. And so I got a lot of good time with him. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was really a sweet time. And it's just all about perspective. And, you know, God has you where you're supposed to be. Um, and that's one thing I wanted to mission too. Um, being a missionary, it doesn't mean you have to go overseas or to a different state to do mission work. You can be a missionary where you are. Yeah. I know that that sounds like such a cookie cutter thing because you hear that all the time now. But it's like it's true. Like mm-hmm. it's so like I'm not going to name names. I'm not trying to judge. It's just reality. Like I've seen people, you know, post the like the little black children post, yeah. you know, in their profile pic on Facebook, you know, whatever. And it's like but then they, they're the most like unloving people yeah. To someone who's right beside Their them, neighbor, you know, yeah. yeah, someone in a classroom with them or someone down the hall from, you know, whatever it is, uh, it's, and it's just like, wow, you know, like you, you not only need to be a minister, you know, uh, a missionary to like, you know, international, whatever, but you need to, you don't need to bypass your neighbor in the meantime, in the meantime or whatever. Um, you know, in that process, it's like, you can be a missionary within your family, you can be a missionary within the workplace. I mean, it's true. Like, but yeah. there is there is a very specific, you know, because you know we say like mission work, and then we automatically think, you know, well, someone out in like Africa or you know someone like in a different, you know, uh, you know, in, in Spain or something like. You always just default to that thought. It's like, man, like we're all really called to be missionaries. We are, and uh, and to bring that good news to every because we just and living in America, you just assume that everybody knows. Um, you know, the gospel, you just assume that everybody knows who Jesus is. And uh, it's just not true. More and more I see people, like, who know, like, a little bit about, you know, the Bible. And, they, and they're and they like, this is, that you know, in conversation, they're, like, talking down about it. But, like, this is what I know about the Bible. And it's like, what they said was wrong. And, and just for the fact that someone who lives in the same nation as you or maybe the same state as you or city as you, Maybe completely wrong about what the gospel, what the yeah. Bible says, really says. Like, hey, we need to be missionaries, to be missionaries. here. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had a friend um, whose parents are missionaries in Italy, and she had told us. I don't know where she got the numbers from, or the or the you know, she could totally be lying. But something in it was just like that sounds so like. That sounds true. Uh, she was like, you know, there's like other countries sending missionaries to America. Yes, um, and I that like that. Mi- that America is like one of the biggest like mission fields or something like that. And she could be totally wrong, but I don't see her being wrong. You know, we're we're yeah. pretty wicked co- uh, country, just yeah, just like any other country. And um, you know, uh, what's even worse about our country is, like I said, is that people think they know what the Bible says and they despise what they think it says, but they don't really know what it says. They don't really know mm-hmm. the truth of it. Well, and it's so. kind of hard, like with us growing up in South Carolina, that's considered the Bible Belt. Yeah. Um, and like m- my home church was every year, or a couple times a year, um, would send out mission trips to New York City. Um, to just, or not necessarily New York City, could have just been different parts of New York, to host um, like basketball camps, vacation Bible schools and different stuff. 
Um, I actually never went on one of those. My dad was supposed to go this year, but um, the trip had to be canceled due to um, our current situation with COVID. Um, but it's just, you can, you can be a missionary wherever. And one thing that I wanted to mention too was, um, and I think you kind of hinted at it, was um, like being a missionary in your family. Um, one thing that I have found to be hard personally is um, honestly sharing the gospel with people I know. In Serbia, when I was doing, we called it two by twos. Um, so we would just kind of walk around the city square and just kind of go up to people. And we would first be like, hi, do you know English? And then we would just some of them would say no because they just didn't want to talk to us. But the ones who did respond to us and we got to talk to, we would just kind of ask them different questions about, um, like, what what they liked about Serbia and different parts, try to get to know their culture. And then, you know, we would be able to dive into a gospel conversation with some of those conversations. Um, and I found it really easy to talk to those strangers um, that I had – no clue who they were, anything about them. Um, and I've had instances where I've had a hard time even sharing the gospel with people in my own family. So, yeah, I mean, I know I know for you, like, you, you get up and preach. And so I don't know. Occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. So I don't know if that's different for you. Oh, man. Um, but, like, even for me, I was asked to, like, if I would be willing to speak to a group of women and, the women I know and part of me is like, I can't do that. Um, but I think, you know, if God puts the opportunity before us, you know, we should always pray about it. But if, if it's right, then we'll know it's right. And we have to trust. Um, but for me, it's always been easier to talk to kids, um, about Jesus and different stuff like that. And so, which is where we've seen your mission field right? and why you're yeah. like pursuing the career that you are is because you're, this career for you is you want it to be your mission field. Absolutely. Um, well, so for about a year and a half, I did, um, I worked as basically like a preschool ministry director. Um, so every Sunday I got to go and teach kids about Jesus. And I just mm -hmm. thought that was one of the most fun jobs I've had. I think a lot of the majority of the jobs I've had have been yeah. really fun. Well, you mean, were amazing at that. You know, we saw that ministry grow so much and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and then another thing with mission with mission work, there's kind of a difference between the things you do. So, um, for example, in Serbia, and I, I talk about Serbia a lot just because I went twice, and it really made a very big impact on my life. Um, but with mission work in Serbia, so there was different parts that we did. Like there was the the hard work, like the getting down and dirty, painting, mm -hmm. digging up different things. Um, yard work then there was just the fellowship with people just spending time with people there was a women's ministry that my friend had and we just went and had coffee and tea and just spent time laughing mm -hmm. um, and then another part is actually doing like the evangelism where you go and share Jesus with people um, and I think there's like everybody didn't do everything but I think people are called to a certain type of mission work. Um, yeah, what what do mean, you? What's your take on that? So what what would you what do you mean by mission? Like, like, do you feel like some people are called to do like the the hard work, like using like physical labor? 
Some I people think, are called to I different think parts. That we all have very much, very like specific gifts that God gives us um, in order to further his gospel and to grow his kingdom. Um, and like, I, I want to backtrack to what you said. Like you said, like when you preach, sometimes, you know, you're up on stage. I don't know if that's easier for you. Gosh, yeah, it's way easier for me. Like, I think that that's the biggest issue is that like, Pastors and and staff or just any kind of like ministry positions can default to well like I'm doing enough I'm you know whatever and it's like in some ways we are because we're being ran pretty thin you yeah. know in in mission stuff uh, just within the church you know we really are <laughs> that's, um, that's but sometimes true. we can use it as a cop out to be like yeah I don't have to do anything else I can just stand mm. up on the stage and do what I'm doing and let it be that and you know I don't think me or Jake or Mike d- do that or ch- even Shauna and um, Katrina. Um, but, you know, we very much could easily just be like, yeah, I just don't want to do anything else. We'll just leave it to everybody else. But what's really mm-hmm. cool about our dynamics is we have someone like Corey who's yeah. very specific with, like, his veterinarian skills. Um, and he he's he's went and he's did stuff uh, through the uh, veterinary program kind of thing. It's like that's a specific – skill a specific gift that Corey's been given and he's done really well with it and so yeah I do think like um oh my gosh uh what is uh Bunger my mind is going blank um it's Carrie's husband why is my mind blank I know (laughs) um anyways we have Sean Sean (laughs) I was like I always want to call him Corey because it's Corey Ronk but uh Sean Bunger you know we have a take uh is it no, it's not a take heart ministry, um, servant's heart ministry. Yep. And, it, you know, that's a lot of what he does is a lot of, like, building, a lot of uh, just a lot of things like that. Like, you know, it, there's so many different things. He has so much going on, and that's his gift to, like, organize those things because that's what he does. Um, so, yeah, I do think that we all have, like, very specific, uh, specific like, gifts or strengths. Um, you know, but that doesn't always mean that it's like, oh, I'm not a construction worker. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, I remember one, one of the, I went with my mom. And I think that's why I was like, it was a big, bigger um, uh, mission trip is we went to New Orleans a, a couple years. It was like two or three years after Katrina happened. Um, and it was rough. You know, we were rebuilding churches. Wow. And uh, one thing that like I could have really easily just bailed out on was we did um, I think they're, uh, drop ceilings, yeah. Um, and <laughs> drop ceilings are for someone who, who's doing it, which is bare minimum. We had like barely any tools, uh, no direction. We just had to figure it out and do it Goodness ourselves. Gracious. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing, but I I did it, and you know that wasn't my skill. And you know their ceiling might have been a little crooked because I was really young at the time <laughs> doing it. I never done anything like that really. Um, I think sometimes we can use that as a cop-out. Um, yeah. Because that doesn't always mean we're just not called to do it, you know. Because we should try to get outside of our comfort zones. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the comfort zone's a big thing. And that's kind of what I was getting at. It's like we can, uh, people who are in ministry full-time, can it can be very easy for us to say, eh, yeah, I'm doing enough kind of thing. And um, yeah, but it is hard to step outside of what we're doing sometimes and, and yeah, to do that. It really is. Extra. Um, so earlier on, Colin mentioned Camp Barnabas, and that's um, that was a mission trip that I went on. Um, it was kind of like it was a camp, um, and I was volunteering at it um, to serve for a week. 
and I was so excited because um, I knew that in my career I was going to be working with um, people with special needs, specifically kids with special needs. Um, and so I was so, so excited to get paired with um, a buddy with special needs. Um, well, <laughs> I get there um, and I get my assignment and I was placed in the sibling cabin. cabin. And what that is, um, Camp Barnabas allows um, siblings to come a few weeks out of the summer um, just to kind of give them a fun, like, escape from reality, basically, because um, siblings of um, those with special needs, they, they don't have it easy either. Um, and sometimes they might not necessarily be forgotten or left out, but sometimes um, a lot of focus might be put on the other sibling Um, So I thought it was really cool that they did have this, but I did not think that when I was assigned (laughs) this specific cabin, I actually had a pretty bad attitude about it, if I'm being honest, because um, yes, I did have to pay to go on this mission trip. And I was like, I just spent my money to come to come hang out with a normal child. And I know that sounds really, really bad, but Um, In my head, it was not what my expectations were. So that's what the one thing I wanted to mention. You can never, you should never set up your expectations like beforehand. Like you need to throw your expectations out the window because you never know what's going to happen on a mission trip, whether it is. Or expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected, yeah. yes. Because you never know what's going to happen, whether it's down the road. Like we, my church went on mission trips to a city called Joanna in South Carolina, which is a really poverty city. Um, so that was about 30 or so minutes down the road maybe. And then, I mean, we, I went into Missouri to Camp Barnabas, and I went all the way across um the seas to Serbia and so it's just making sure that you know you you get yourself out of the way because you're not on this mission trip for you Mm -hmm. um Mm. that's a good thing because a lot of people go on mission trips to get something out of it like I need to feel better you know I need to feel good about doing this it's like it don't matter how you feel it does not matter how you feel at all Um, It, it really doesn't it's not about you. If you go and have the worst time ever, but you did like you produce something for someone else to help them, or you did spread the gospel, like it, then then you've done your job. It doesn't matter at that point. You know, you're not always the one that's supposed to water or get. You know, it's not always like you plant the seed, you water, it, and you get to reap it. It's not. Yep. It's not always like that. Many times, it's not like that at all. It's you're supposed to plant a seed and. And whatever happens, happens. And exactly, and uh, you're not supposed to get anything out of it. And so I, looking at that, it kind of goes to that thing where I was saying about, like, you know, we've all seen the people that have had, like, the pictures with them. And some people are earnest about it. They really have loved it. And, like. I mean, I have been one that's posted pictures and stuff like that, too. I've never seen them, but I believe you. Yeah, we can we can pop one up here. Yeah. Um, okay, go ahead and pause the camera. Well, We're running out of time. <laughs> I I hit you like five times. You said 
people, you said some people are earnest about posting pictures. I, I was one that posted, and you said I've never seen them. Yeah, so I've never seen, personally, a picture I can think of, but I do believe you. It, I mean, <laughs> it's a white person thing, unfortunately. I mean, yeah, and it's when we went into the Gypsy Village, and um, we got to, like, act out Bible stories for these kids, and I mean... I think I'm holding a little boy that doesn't even have a shirt on, and, like, these kids have, like, nothing. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it was a really good experience. And I think I think that's why people do it sometimes because these – a lot of times the people or the children, you know, that you take a picture with, um, they don't have anything. And so you just – in in my mind, it's like I remember just how blessed I am mm-hmm. with everything that I have. Like I have a shirt on my back, I have shoes on change, my feet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I you know I think some people will go on them to because where they've gotten to a place where they're like, you know, I don't really feel God. I, if I do this, maybe I'll feel God. And I honestly don't think that's a, the worst thing to do, or the worst way to go about it. But the thing is, is like. If you're saying, like, I, I, I felt kind of distant from God, I want to go and serve God and serve others in some sort of way, and in hopes that I'll feel closer to God, I'll experience God. You know, if we do something that God calls us to, like mission work, which is supposed to be our life, is really full of that, yep. um, that if we desire to, if we seek God, there's nothing wrong with seeking God at all, but you don't seek God and expect to get something out of seeking God, you know? You will ultimately just just because that's that's who God is, but it won't always be like the expectation that you wanted. Yeah, um, it'll be a lot different, and um, it kind of makes me think about like just people within the church right now that like people are very self-seeking in what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of churches, you know, the modern church that's really growing big seems to be the one that people are really about themselves you know they sing yeah. songs that make them feel good you know I, I always go back to song stuff i'm sorry but um i mean i, I think was actually thinking of a song too <laughs> i think it's important about like you know what we sing promotes like what we do like how we praise god and things like that and so we sing songs that have misinformation about uh the way we spread the gospel or our mission work of the gospel then we're not gonna we're not gonna correctly go and and serve um the world and, and bringing the gospel and being, you know, missionaries. But um, there was someone, I don't remember who it was. I don't want to call them out anyways. But uh, they were they were doing like a songwriting shop type of thing. And one of the things they said was, you know, if you, just, if you write something that doesn't resonate with other people, if, they j- if you can't just make them connect with you, then, um, you know, you need to change it or something. And he, was, and he was writing like worship music or, you know, whatever, songs that you would sing in a church. Mm-hmm. And, uh I was like, man, that's so wrong. It's not really about, it's not really if I sing something that I want you to connect with. It's like if I sing, you know, I want to give God glory. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter if you connect on, oh, you want to give God glory. <laughs> we should give God glory. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, it's the same thing. It's like not everybody's going to want to go and get in, and be missionaries and, and feel called to go international or whatever, but we are all called to be missionaries whether we yep. like it or not. And whether we get something out of it doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, we're supposed to to serve God and, and and to think of others way more than ourselves. And Paul says that a lot. Um, sorry, I'm getting bent over over here. But uh, yeah. So um, 
I think you know the mission field can look like your living room with with your spouse or um you know your, your family children with your, your family kids, yeah, yeah uh, you know it, it can be anything like that it could be friends it could be your your work a lot of people uh we went to a a church planning conference and something they had said is like you know sometimes you're you're the only person's pastor and uh, obviously like not everybody's pastors but like you're bringing them the gospel like mm-hmm. you're teaching them you know maybe not really you're everybody's pastor but um you know, sometimes we're the only people, only Jesus that people see is it's like the only true love that they see. And so like, it's important to do that, whether it be here with your neighbor or, you know, internationally. And I, I know, you know, the answer to this, but I'm just going to ask it to ask a question. Um, if, if I'm the only person that can be Jesus to somebody, should I, shove Jesus down their throats or should I just um be Jesus try to be like Jesus through my actions and my words and like be a light through actions and words well because sometimes you know we say like you know uh I've read something it's like uh preach the gospel use words if necessary or something like that so you don't really think that's completely true you have to say something yeah um (laughs) but if you act and pursue and and just love people like Christ has taught us, people ask questions regardless. And uh, and I think we're 100% called to vocalize on that. Yeah. You know, we can be nice to someone all the time. Uh, and we've talked about this a lot, but, it, like, God's not going to always just drop some mission uh, – uh, opportunity in your lap you got to make them oh yeah you got to dig for them that's what you know paul went everywhere you know in the early church they went from house to house you know they didn't just sit in their house wait for somebody to come to them they went from house to house and uh you know that's do you think that's something that we should be doing uh going from house to house well right now we can't because well i'm i'm saying (laughs) like pre-covid post-covid yeah i mean i think we're supposed to be meeting in homes and you know jake brought up a good thing we were talking about like the reopening of the church, what that's going to look like. It's like, you know, it's, we're called biblically to gather together. Like we're not called to sit in our homes and, and be online. That's not what we're called to do. Uh, you know, you know, sadly, the church is a mission field. And I say sadly because church, the point of church is for us to come together as a body of believers and to worship God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and non-believers are completely welcome to that a hundred percent. But, uh, some people come into the church thinking they're a believer and they're not. I really don't think they yeah. are, and and they need they need someone to be preaching the the gospel That's to them because true. they need it. Yeah, you know, um, we preach the gospel because you know, like we as Christians continuously need the gospel. Like we were, you know, we're pe- we're human. You know, we're gonna fail. We're gonna mess up. Uh, by His blood, you know, we're covered in, in grace, thankfully, but. It's a mission field um, in so many different ways. Um, so, but yeah, like we're called to go house to house, like 100%. Like I, I really fully believe that. Um, and it's sad because there's so many people that are like, eh, life group, whatever. I'll go every once in a while. And like, it sucks because yeah, <laughs> like it, we get so wrapped up in like our day-to-day life that like we forget about like, oh, wait a minute, our day-to-day Community life has. And yeah. Well, and also we live a day-to-day life where we've completely forgotten about Jesus. Yeah. And forgotten about the church, and it's like, man, it's not like I go to work and I put on Paul. And it's easy for me to say because I work in a church, but also, really, it's it's not because I can I can I can go to church and work and put it on Pauls and 
and whatever in default. But, you know, I just think about when I worked for, like, CVS, um, you know, I, I, I can say this very – I want to say proudly. I don't want to be like prideful, but I know that I loved people like Jesus would love people because so many people were always like, why are you so nice? Like you're freaking me out. Like, (laughs) you know, I had customers who were sometimes just annoyed with me because I was so friendly to them. They could be the meanest person. And, uh, I was just nice to them. And, uh, you know, because that was my mission field. And many days I missed that because that was my mission field. Um, I think about it sometimes. I'm like, maybe I could just go back to work part time or something, (laughs) but, But um, I wouldn't be able to fit that in with life for sure. But uh, yeah. So I think so. Yeah. So you that were, was long. No, yeah, answer, but you were talking but. about like house to house, and then you mentioned life group. Um, but I think my my question more specifically, and I don't know if this is what you were taking, is like actual door to door evangelism, like going to an apartment oh, complex. I've done like that before. That. I think it I've has. A, I think too. it has a purpose and a place. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it looks different, you know. Like you have the Jehovah's Witness who go to door to door and and do their yeah. thing, and honestly, you know, they become a, a laughing stock. We won't get into that, but uh, um, I don't. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think just. I think a lot of what the church does is do do a big event to gather people to you. I think a lot of people do that. Like a community like yeah. outreach event. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, I love those because what it is, is it it's inviting people into an opportunity where they may feel way more comfortable than you coming and knocking on their door. It's like a safe place. Yeah. Well, okay. And so what I was saying about from house to house, that wasn't them going and like knocking on houses per se. That was, they would go to a house, they would, ha- they would have church. Yeah. You know, they would do yeah. their thing, and people just, by default, because of the way everything was set up, knew, like, oh, my gosh, there's a bunch of people over there having church. You may want to go check out and see what's yeah. going on, that kind of thing. So it's a little bit different now to where you go and knock on a door and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So. Um, I think I think that's some really good stuff. Um, I would love to be um, more proactive about getting involved in our community here in Wisconsin. Yeah. I know like um we've we've gotten our feet wet, you know, we're here, we've been here almost a year mm-hmm. and I think yep. this next week. Next week. Um right. so now like I'm I'm like okay, I feel like it's time, you know, to get plugged in more to community and different stuff like that. I'll say there's there is definitely a, a barrier to breakthrough. Um we come from a place where where, you know, every summer doing some kind of, like, project outreach yeah. is such a common thing. I just don't think that's a common thing around here. And Yeah, that's um, true. I've, I'm, I'm going to say this because I, I think I do. I think I have a passion for that stuff. I love organizing things like that. Like, I've done it in the past. We did it at Good Hope a lot. I always helped out with stuff like that. I have a, a passion for that. Haven't really pushed that to the forefront just because, you know, we haven't been here not even a year yet. Um but, like, I'd love to see some stuff like that. The thing is, is, like, I'm at a disadvantage because I don't – it's like I could say, hey, w- let's do this. But it might be kind of hard for me to figure out, well, where do we go do that? Yeah. Who do we go do that for? Well, and, and um, that's so – That's just something I need to figure out. We could also talk to people here about that yeah. too. Yeah. That's just – yeah, that's something I need to figure out. Um, networking here has been different. So, yeah, mission yeah. work here looks a little bit a little bit different. For sure. Okay, I'm looking down at my shirt because I'm trying to read the verse on my Isaiah shirt. Isaiah 55. Yep, I see four. it now. So this shirt, um, 
was actually designed by one of my friends back home in South Carolina. Um, and so what it is, and I honestly did not intentionally wear this, but I just thought I'd mention. Um, it, it's the world. Um, and Sorry, I'm being a distraction. I'm giving you all a little bit of roof cam. He is. He's distracting Sorry. me. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, like I was saying, Sorry. it's the world. <laughs> yeah. And um, it says, you shall go out and enjoy. But I'll read the full verse, and it's Isaiah 55. 12 and this is actually so my one friend designed this for my other friend's mission trip to raise money for um new york city and saying that if you ever think that funds or money is an issue to going on a mission trip you're thinking too little (laughs) god is way bigger than that um I raised, I think, all of my funds both times when I went on my mission trip to Serbia. Um, there's always a way. Like, if if God wants it to happen, you know, he's going to provide a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just kind of a simple example of a T-shirt. Um, and I wear this T-shirt all the time. Um, and it helped my friend go on a mission trip to share the good news. But this verse, Isaiah 55, 12 says, You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. I just think that's really cool because it says that we will be peacefully guided, um, and and God will guide us where we are. Um, I wanted to share one other verse, and then I'll let let Colin talk. (laughs) Um, I got to find it, but it's Romans 10.15. Um, and how I was saying I raised funds for my trip. I actually had a t-shirt designed with this verse on it. Um, and one of my favorite kind of shoes are called Chacos. They're sandals. Um, I, in South Carolina, I wore them year-round because <laughs> it, it was warm enough to do that. Um, but I had Chacos on the back, and you'll see why in a second. So Romans ten fifteen, it says... And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. I just think that's so cool. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Um, I want to have beautiful feet. I want to have beautiful feet wherever I am, um, preaching the good news of God and um, just bringing glory to his name. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's kind of the whole thing we were talking about. Like we brought that, we kind of brought this up last minute, this whole idea of doing this podcast about this. But the thing was, is like, we have drastically different stories when it comes to mission work, because like I, I did quite a fair amount of, um, of mission stuff within the United States and, yeah. and kind of, you know, over on our side, like, you know, throughout South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, really like golly like everyone all of those places yeah (laughs) and um and just you know whether it been just like a weekend with like students in some way like all kinds of different things we did um I've done and and, you know and you've gotten the opportunity to do stuff like that as well um it's just it is important to like you know to do missions like it's life missions isn't like well I'm I'm not really called to be a missionary it's like (laughs) That is, being a Christian is being a missionary. Yep. It is. And it's just like, that's just not, you know, like, it's just not a common thing to talk about. It's like, you really think, like, I think a lot of people at church is like, oh, yeah, 
Corey's that missionary guy. It's like, well, you are too. Yeah. <laughs> whoever, whoever's saying that. And it's that. like people you want know? to be so comfortable, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's okay not to be comfortable. <laughs> We're not supposed to always be comfortable. Yeah. Our dog is going crazy right now. Um, something that I was thinking of, I w- this is gonna kind of lead into give you a little snippet of what we're gonna talk about uh, next, next podcast. Week, yep. uh, but um, I was just reading in James today, chapter one, and in verse twenty two says, "But prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was." Um, I'm going to read a little bit more of that in a second, but I just want to expound upon that is that the whole Bible is telling us to be missionaries, whether Mm. it be internationally, whether it be to our neighbor, where it be, wherever it is, that's what we're called to. And everything we do, when we go to the grocery store, if you're a single mom with three kids and you're a believer in Christ, that is your mission field when you walk in those doors. And it's tough. It's so tough. You know, I, we, I can't even fathom that. We can't fathom that. But that is what you're called to. Yep, like no matter absolutely. who you are, if you're a 16 year old kid who who claims to be a follower of Christ or 18 year old, whatever, you're called to to when you walk in those doors at school that you're, you're that's your missionary field. Bam, there it is. You don't have to beg. You don't have to go on an airplane. There it is. Um, you know, uh, but the, just the way that James says that is, uh, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgot what kind of person he was. If we say we're Christians and, and like, I'm a believer, I'm a believer in the gospel. I believe the Bible. It's like me going up to a mirror and I see myself and I walk away. And if I don't walk away mission minded, I for, I've forgotten that I'm a Christian. Mm. Like literally that's what it's like. It's I see that. Yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe it. I walk away. I can, and I walk by the next person. I don't. I don't live a gospel life to them, or tell them the gospel, or whatever, and live it out. I've forgotten who I was. That's exactly what James is doing. If I am a listener and not a doer, that's that's exactly who I am. And so that thing that's really important. Um, but the next couple of verses, um, is kind of we're we're gonna. I'm just gonna drop a snippet of it, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, but this is kind of a snippet of what we're going to be talking about next week. In verse 25, uh, right where we left off. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Verse 26, if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet not brittle, I don't know if that's brittle or bridle. Uh, I think it's brittle i don't know no bridle ah, i can't i think it's like with a horse in his tongue whatever um his tongue but deceives his own heart this man's religion is worthless verse 27 pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our god and father is this to visit orphans and widows in their distress yep. and to keep oneself unstained by the world well i can visit orphans right down the street i can visit a widow in distress we have probably a, a lot of widows or, or widowers in our in our church yeah. like we have that yep. like we you know i like i'm not saying don't go over don't worry about overseas no we need to there are people called to that but don't like i said don't ba- bypass your neighbor in 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 the process of that absolutely um but we're going to talk more a little bit more about uh the religion versus relationship because there's a little bit of talk of that and talking about the doing and things like that um next week we're gonna we're gonna I mean, we may be, we may go kind of long. We'll prepare for that or something, <laughs> um, longer than usual. Um, but yeah, mission work is important. I just I love that imagery of if I if I am a Christian who walks and looks 
in the mirror, says, I believe Jesus, I believe the gospel, and I walk away, and I'm not mission-minded, and I forget who I am. I love that. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks so much. Do you have anything else to say? No. Wrap it up. Um, tonight was a little bit, it started off as a rough night. Uh, Caroline got bonked in the face well, by the microphone. Before that, what happened to you? Oh, I slammed my finger. I hurt my finger. You can't see it, but I hurt my finger. Uh, oh, my gosh. Over a month ago. Uh, yeah. The week before <laughs> the shutdown, the lockdown happened. Was that two months ago? No, no, no. A okay. little over a month ago. Not quite two months. Um, I was working. I was taking apart a ramp, and I slammed my finger real hard, and it, it just bled everywhere. But then it, like, the blood is, like, stuck up under my finger, and that's TMI. But uh, so then I slammed that thumb again, and it's Tonight. already sore sometimes. Yeah. And then... Um, then you get bonked in the <laughs> face by the microphone. Thankfully, you're okay. You just got a little, little, yeah, little a knot. little mark right here. Yeah, you'll be okay. It'll heal up. It won't scar anything. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we we uh, went through with this because I think we had a good discussion about um, missions and stuff. And yeah, and I mean, there's a lot more that we could both say. Yeah, um, but maybe another time. And yeah, and if you have any questions about any mission trips that we've gone on or mission trip experience or questions about, yeah. Anything, you know, you could always yeah. um, leave, I'd love it, to leave know, it in the comments. And I'd love to know people's favorite or funniest uh, mission trip experience. Maybe we'll, maybe that's, we'll share a couple of that, a couple of ours on social media throughout this week or something. Yeah, we could do that. I can think of a couple really silly things that have happened in, in yep. mission trips I've been on. And, that's a good and point. And travel experiences. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for listening uh, yeah. or watching, however you've you've checked it out. Um, we're just excited to keep putting these out and hopefully get better and better. And soon, uh, we'll move and we won't be here anymore. It'll look different and <laughs> maybe we'll have a little bit better setup or something. But, um, yeah, thanks for watching and joining us. And, uh, yeah, we're going to pray like we do always. And, uh, yeah. All right. Father God, um, we thank you, uh, that you instill in us a mission minded, uh, gospel uh, that the gospel the good news good news of you is that we go and we take it that good news out to the world uh, we tell people about your love we tell people about how you died on a cross and you were also raised to life um, you didn't stay in the tomb and, and we get to proclaim that to all the world we get to proclaim your death until you come and and God we're just so thankful for that and uh, you know forgive us for the times when we walk away from the mirror and forget who we are we forget um, what you've done for us. And I just pray that you instill that in us in us, and uh, remind us, God, that, you know, this life is a, a living sacrifice. It's an in, in, eternally mission-minded uh, thing that we're doing, God. And so um, I just pray that we be mindful of that, we remember it, and uh, for the people that are listening, they do as well. And maybe this will light a fire up under somebody um, just to, to get their butt in gear. You know, maybe you've been calling them for a long time to something and they haven't been doing it. Whatever it looks like. It could be starting a business. That could be their mission. God, the, starting up a business. It could be starting up a, you know, a, a hotline center or something mm -hmm. you know, to, to talk to people who, who, you know, are struggling. Whatever it looks like, God, uh, you know exactly what it is. And um, we're just so thankful for you and we love you. I see your name. We pray. Amen. Amen. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.